1: Hey guys, quick disclaimer before you listen to this episode. Uh, This episode profiling Kal Kuzma happened before the Dwight Howard news. It also happened before we unfortunately learned that Kal Kuzma had this ankle injury that would withhold him from playing in the rest of the FIBA World Championships. But more importantly than all of those things, this episode and interview that we recorded happened before Cal Kuzma cut his beautiful Goldilocks caramel popcorn hair. So you will hear us riffing about that a little bit and roasting him on that but outside of that everything should still be pretty fresh and relevant to you guys and honestly the uh, interview with gary kablion is some super super interesting unique and insightful information that i don't think we've been able to get anywhere else so yeah please enjoy and pour one out for kuzma's kettle corn goldilocks super saying hair we miss you already <laughs> So you say you put your hard hat on and you went to work, clearly, because you were pretty much the only holdover. So they get this whole, they ship out all your friends. Yep. And, and, they, and they keep you. How does that make you feel?
0: Um, you know, I, I, it motivates me. It motivates me, for sure. Um, you know, to have an um, organization that kind of, you know, trusts you and believes in you, um, you know, for me, that just motivates me more to, you know, get it done. Um, Not only for what I want to do in my career, but you know for the organization because you know, they think highly of me So um, you know for me. I'm ready for it all
1: Welcome everybody to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where if you thought frosted tips and macaroni ramen hair were a thing of Justin Timberlake's in sync past, Kyle Kuzma wants you to hold his beer because he's bringing sexy back. Whoop. <laughs> uh, but also, more than that, he's hopefully bringing his three-point shot back and some additional new skills to bolster his case as the perfect numero treso next to LeBron James <laughs> and Anthony Davis. Because by all accounts, Cal Kuzma holds the key to determining just how high or low the Lakers ceiling this next season could be. But first, I'm your host, Jonathan Hernandez. I'm joined by my co host Alan Riley. Alan, what are we thinking about Cal Kuzma's bye 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 here? <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> it's just funny, like when guys are in the league longer and longer, they start to express themselves, you know, in different ways. Sure. Um, so I I think this is a phase no I'm wrong with that
1: what do you think about that phase though in your personal my opinion
0: <laughs> it's cool it's fine you know i mean Jer- jeremy lynn went through his like dreadlocks and mohawks and all that kind of stuff too and um again that's like you know showing your personality a little bit um so for Kuz, i guess this is just something that maybe he's always wanted to do He's he's channeling his like Odell Beckham Jr. of the past or like, uh, Teron Matthew type look. So yeah, man, good for him.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I like the, I like the JT throwback look. Um, I'll leave it at that. (laughs) You like it. (laughs) I I like it. I mean, I also, I also like macaroni. I like instant ramen. So (laughs) I mean, that stuff's good.
0: All good things. I mean, it's the trifecta, right? Yeah, for sure. Ramen, macaroni, Kyle Kuzma.
1: There you go. Uh, Okay. (laughs) So, tonight we are talking about Kyle Kuzma, if you didn't notice, and some of the unique and interesting off-season work he's been doing, uh, specifically when it comes to speed and explosivity training. I don't even know if that's a word, but I'm making it a word. And to help us dissect that aspect of his training in more detail is Gary Koblyan of Evo Sports Training. He's been working with Kuzma this off-season as well as Deshaun Jackson and helping Kuzma Uh, get stronger, maintain his conditioning better, and overall just uh, become more explosive and get faster. So stay tuned for my interview with Gary in a bit. Before we get to that, I just wanted to talk a little more about Kuzma and how integral he is to the Lakers' success this season, especially with uh, one of the Lakers' biggest wild cards and DeMarcus Cousins going down. Even more responsibility is going to be hoisted upon Kyle Kuzma's shoulders to really perform and live up to his potential because he's really going to be the the pivotal turning point as to whether or not the Lakers are a middling four to five seed uh, jockeying for home court advantage in the Western Conference, or being one of the far and ahead favorites at the top jostling with the likes of the Clippers or the Nuggets and, and maybe even the Warriors. But uh, but yeah, Kuzma is the key. First though, as usual, please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate interview us on iTunes because the more you rate interview us, that's how many times Kyle Kuzma will chop his feet up on defense instead of sliding like he's a member of a boy band like Justin Timberlake and Sync. <laughs> so instead, <laughs> instead of sliding, we're going to get more Kyle Kuzma chopping up his feet and getting more of that purposeful foot shuffling on defense. So if you want more of that to happen versus sliding... Please rate and interview us on iTunes.
0: Yeah, bye, bye, bye to that defense.
1: Oh, there you go. Very good, Alan. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, also, if you'd like to help us out financially in any small way and get early listens to all of our summer episodes, including probably this one, please consider becoming a patron for us for as little as a dollar by going to patreon.com slash the Lakers Legacy Podcast. Lastly, we are brought to you by lineups.com. Please check them out. Alan, before we get to the Kyle Kuzma stuff, though, it's the game, the Lakers game, that's sweeping the nation this summer. Double foul. Okay, so for tonight's double foul, Alan, it's actually not a worst-case scenario. It's, it's more just like, which, which hypothetical would you run with? Although I will say that there are some fouls to both scenarios. But essentially, this one will run more like a typical would you rather. You ready? I'm ready. All right, double foul, Lakers edition. Foul one. In this reality, we pretty much get what happened this summer. So we had to trade the young core, but we did get Anthony Davis. We missed out on Kawhi Leonard, and then Paul George ended up joining him. That is the, that's foul one, Alan. That's reality.
0: I don't like it. You don't like it? <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. I just heard Paul George's name, and I'm like, I don't like it.
1: That's fair. So would you rather choose this reality right now that we have or – Foul two. Anthony Davis gets traded to Boston. Oh. But we get Kawhi Leonard, maintain the young core, and Paul George stays in OKC. Uh. So Lonzo's here, Brandon Ingram's here, Kawhi Leonard's here. Paul George is stuck in Russell Westbrook land, but Anthony Davis is a Boston Celtic, presumably with Kyrie Irving or maybe even just Kemba Walker. Uh. It's hard, right? Ah,
0: Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> the Boston thing, dude. <laughs> I know. That's actually what really, like, that that could be the thing that tips the scale the other way, dude, where I just take what we got right now, as, mm-hmm. as awesome as Kawhi would be, as much as we love the young core, like, it's crazy. If you said, oh, you know, AD just goes somewhere else, except for the Clippers, <laughs> um then I'd be like yeah I don't know but it's effing Boston. Oh that would kill me dude. I'll I'll take reality. I'll take right now.
1: No, I I agree with you. I mean I I think maybe there's some people if they played this game would say I'll take 80 to Boston cuz he'll still come and walk to us eventually at some point. But given that we have Kawhi Leonard, I don't know how realistic I didn't that think is that far ahead. Right? I just heard Boston and I said no. <laughs> and you saw green exactly uh, no i mean i i'd agree with you i like where we're at right now and even though we don't have the young core we did get danny green avery bradley in their place right but it, it does pull at my heartstrings a little to to envision a reality where we get that second superstar legit second superstar and still have Lonzo Keep
0: everybody oh my god that sounds amazing uh, there you go.
1: Double foul, everybody.
0: Too late. We already chose. We chose our we fate. chose. Can't go back now. <laughs> no givebacks.
1: But you guys haven't. So if you want to give us your answer, please do so in the iTunes rating and review section or add us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. And uh, yeah, hope you guys had fun with that. All right, with that said, I'm going to take it to break, pitch it to our sponsors. And when we return, I'm going to talk a little bit about Kyle Kuzma before ushering it into my interview with Evo Sports founder, Gary Kablian. All right, Alan, I have an analogy for Kalkuzma. Kuzma. You've seen Avengers uh, Endgame, right? Yes, I have. Okay, so it's another one of my Avengers Marvel analogies. Ready?
0: <clears throat> I'm ready.
1: Calcuzma, Kuzma, who is still developing, still somewhat immature, to me is just like Peter Parker. <laughs> he can He can sometimes come off... <laughs> He can sometimes come off as a self-involved kid who, while well-intentioned, is still somewhat misguided in certain areas of life and maybe even in his basketball game. But you can never question the want to be good, right, from either Peter Parker or Kal Kuzma, which unfortunately can't be said for Sony. But that's a podcast for another time. But uh, the question with with Kyle Kuzma, as it was with Peter Parker, is can he put it all together under the tutelage of We Love You 3000, Tony Stark? And in Kyle Kuzma's case, that's LeBron James, right? Mm. Uh, So LeBron James is our Iron Man. Um, Who does that make, Anthony Davis? Then (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying. I'm like literally thinking about this as I speak.
0: Yeah, yeah. Why you put me on the spot? Um, Is he
1: Captain America or is he Thor? Because he's an alien. (laughs) (laughs)
0: I mean according to that Men in Black trailer commercial thing that he did Yeah he's an alien so he's gotta be Um, Shoot
1: I think I'd say Thor
0: Based on
1: I think is because he is his own entity and he does, for us, he does come from outer space and he's part <laughs> of that. He's part of that big three of Captain America, Iron Man, and yeah, Thor, right? Okay. So I, okay. if I said Hulk, it would, wouldn't really make sense. I don't yeah, think he's nah. Captain America because he's he's himself still, he himself is still finding his way in, in, in the same vein that Thor was still kind of finding his way. Okay. As
0: well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Thor, and, and Thor also has like, a surprisingly infectious personality. You know, he's like actually really witty and funny, and you wouldn't expect that because he's like a god. Right. And Anthony Davis, as we've been learning recently, he's freaking funny, dude. He's pretty Like, he really shows his personality. He says stuff that you just, I don't know, you wouldn't expect him to say. Like, I heard the other day, like someone else said that he's afraid of the dark, apparently. (laughs) I read that. Like, I didn't hear him actually say it, but that's freaking hilarious that he would share uh something such an intimate detail like that um so yeah he's like surprisingly funny and all that kind of stuff just like thor so yes he is thor
1: now what do you think about my kakuzma peter parker lebron james tony stark iron man analogy in parallel
0: i i really like the peter parker one because he is this like eager you know type guy who's who's got like you know wide eyes to everything he's just super excited to to like be one of the guys, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um and like thinking about coups at Summer League with Anthony Davis, with LeBron. He's yep. like doing the thing, talking with like, oh I'm gonna cover my mouth too. Like I'll oh, be like cool like <laughs> these guys. And then he'll like post he'll tweet things. Like he's very, very active on Twitter. He like really um puts his opinions and thoughts out there. Um and then his his IG posts and everything. It's just like you're like kinda trying like you are trying hard. I don't, I wouldn't say he's trying too hard, but I can see where some people would make the argument that he is. Just like Peter Parker being like, "Oh, I'm gonna do all the things that these guys are doing too," right? Um, so yeah, there's a little bit of this like, "Hey, wait your turn. It'll come naturally. Just chill." But then it's also endearing at the same time.
1: Yeah, it's he's like that. Uh, that scene in the first in Avengers Infinity War where he first meets Doctor Strange and he's like, "Hi, I'm Peter Parker." Doctor Strange like, "I'm Doctor Strange." And then Peter Parker says, oh, we're using our make-believe names. Okay, oh, I'm yeah. Spider-Man. <laughs> Except in Kalkuzma's Kuzma's case, he's like, hi, I'm Kalkuzma." Kuzma. And Anthony Davis is like, yo, what's up? I'm the brow. LeBron James is like, yo, what's up? I'm the king. And Kyle Kuzma's like, oh, we're using our superstar names. Okay, I'm Kuzmania. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
2: I just imagine that's
1: Kalkuzma Kuzma because he's, he's kind of entering into this new realm of everybody around him is like a legitimate hotshot, right? For sure. He thought he was the hotshot amongst his peers, but now it's game time. It's real time, right? He's he's literally with the Avengers, like in that in Captain America: Civil War when Spider-Man first shows up. Sorry, so I was just
0: laughing because. So, what's Peter Parker's friend's name? The the the.
1: the oh shoot! The, the, I forgot. The, you know, the Filipino guy. Yeah, hey. yeah,
0: yeah. So is that Lonzo? <laughs> <laughs> or is that Josh Hart?
1: <laughs> Either way, as Josh Either Hart, because Josh that, Hart, right? For sure, Because sure. his friend is on the computer helping him out a lot, yeah. and that's Fortnite, Josh Hart. <laughs> yeah, so. exactly. All right, we've we've gone too far with this. No, you not you far guys enough. Who's it, Zendaya? But...
0: <laughs> which which Lakers? I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> zendaya's Brandon Ingram, dude. <laughs> isn't she because she roasts him a lot and so does brandon that's Ingram. true that
0: like low-key uh, like real straight face like pretty monotone actually that's that's freaking perfect
1: oh, wow man. too funny there you go everybody kyle kuzma's peter parker is
0: genie aunt may
1: <laughs> that's so weird dude <laughs> that's wrong uh, yeah no i can see that though right all right back to the topic at hand Han- and then i'm just kidding <laughs> So bringing it back to basketball this year, I mean, it is a perfect analogy because Kyle Kuzma is right next to Anthony Davis, LeBron James. It's for real now. And will Kyle Kuzma step up to the plate is the question. Or will he be fumbling his way through, you know, this next season? We hope not. But um, Alan, what are your thoughts on Kuzma adjusting to his role this year? Even last year, I felt like he kind of got the hiccups with LeBron James, but now it's an entirely new level. It's LeBron James and Anthony Davis. For a young guy with his high aspirations, do you think he'll have to temper that with Anthony Davis in the fold now and Anthony Davis assuming that clear-cut number two role? Whereas last year, Kyle Kuzma was able to kind of switch off playing that role with Brandon Ingram, right? And in fact, he was the player who LeBron James assisted the most. He benefited the most off LeBron James' passes and playing off of him. Yeah, what do you think about Kyle Kuzma's role next year, especially with DeMarcus Cousins going down? Obviously, he's going to have to shoulder and carry more of the burden. Or do you think his style of play complements, you know, a star-studded team like this regardless? So, yeah, what are your thoughts on him maybe having a hard time adjusting to Anthony Davis, LeBron James, et cetera, et cetera?
0: So much of it is just going to hinge on regaining his three-point form, you know? Mm -hmm. If he can be that catch-and-shoot guy, if he can run off of screens, um maybe like one dribble, pull up type three pointers, then, uh, the transition should be pretty seamless. But if he's having to rely on isolation plays because he can't knock down an outside shot, then yeah, there would absolutely be some clashing. And we know based on what Frank Vogel has said, one of LeBron or Anthony Davis is going to be on the floor at all freaking times. So there's no like coups time, you know, where he's the primary playmaker on the floor. Um, so yeah, if, if he can regain that outside shot, then I think he'll be fine. I think he's a guy that can also slash, right. He can dive, he can cut, uh, to the basket. I, I could envision him just really working on moving without the ball. Um, hopefully setting good screens, just off ball screens, rolling to the rim, backdoor cuts, things like that. Um, yeah like a high-low type of set too, where he's either throwing or finishing lobs from either one of LeBron or AD. Um, Yeah, all of that is like potential for sure, but um, that three-point shot's got to open it up to spread the floor.
1: No, absolutely. That'll unlock a lot of things and allow him to play seamlessly in any sort of lineup that Frank Vogel concocts. I think maybe he gets a few less touches this year, but I actually don't think he'll have to adjust too hard because his style of play is already conducive to working around superstars who dominate the ball. Because last year, Brandon Ingram kind of dominated the ball. It was either Brandon Ingram, LeBron James, or Lonzo Ball who was creating. And Kuzma was kind of just cutting baseline, slipping screens, you know, shooting off the catch. And this year, he just has to continue to do that, maintain his efficiency in the paint, he did, which he did very well last year, but this time add his rookie numbers from the three-point arc. So I don't think he'll have to adapt too much because he may get a few less touches, but I think Anthony Davis essentially just slips into that Brandon Ingram role and probably gets that usage that Brandon Ingram did. Because at times, if you remember, Brandon Ingram really liked to pound the rock and hold the ball for a long time. And I think Anthony Davis is a more fluid player than Brandon Ingram was. And also, if you take into account the fact that with DeMarcus Cousins going down, that's one less mouth to feed and Kuzma will get even more opportunity to handle the ball a little bit and score and primary create than we had initially expected. Um, And you mentioned that one of AD and LeBron James will likely be on the floor at all times. I do envision some bench lineups where it's Kuzma and AD and they have a really nice two-man game with each other, right? And because Brandon Ingram's no longer here, because Lonzo Ball's no longer here... I envision Kuzma getting a little more playmaking opportunity than he did last year where he's able to kind of initiate off the dribble, maybe call Anthony Davis over for some pick and rolls and either force the defense to guard him because he's such a skilled offensive player or he will show off some of his really great playmaking skills, which he was able to do so in spurts last year. You know, people keep saying like, oh, Kuzma needs to learn how to pass more instead of just shooting the ball. I'd argue that he was shooting the ball a lot last year versus passing because that's the role that was given to him, you know? Like a quick bang-bang sort of player on offense who didn't really get the chance to find energy with the ball as much and and get comfortable dribbling the ball up or calling for pick-and-rolls. Those were reserved for guys like LeBron James, Brandon Ingram, and Lonzo Ball, not so much Kyle Kuzma. And during the times last year where you saw Luke actually tell Kyle Kuzma, all right, you're allowed to dribble the ball up this time. You're allowed to post up and make a play out of the post. You're allowed to actually call for a pick and roll. When he was given that role, an opportunity, that's when you saw him like dish out 5-6 assists, you know, get a career-high 8-9 assists towards the end of the season. He did it also during a stretch in late November, early December. So I don't really buy that notion that Kyle Kuzma can't pass or he's selfish. I just think he was given the role to be that you know, microwave scorer off of everybody else because he's already good at doing that. This year, I think he'll get more of an opportunity to be a primary initiator, primary playmaker. We'll see if he really worked on his ball handling skills this offseason, but... I think Kyle Kuzma has always had a pretty good, has always had pretty good vision, especially when it comes to dishing it off to big men in the post. And so Anthony Davis is going to be a big beneficiary of a lot of Kyle Kuzma's nifty, quick-whip shovel passes in the paint. So I'm looking forward to that. Alan, when it comes to his three-point shooting, Kyle Kuzma missed an exorbitant amount of wide-open threes last year. Now, there's two ways to look at that. There's a glass-half-full and a glass-half-empty approach. The glass half empty approach to Kyle Kuzma had so many wide open threes and he kept missing them is maybe this guy just can't shoot if he was already that wide open and he couldn't even hit them. Alan, what's the glass half full approach to that?
0: Glass half full is, well, if he got those looks last year, wide open, imagine the open looks he's going to get this year.
1: Well, yeah. On top of it, what's the one thing that you can always do in a gym by yourself? Oh, get some shots up and they're usually wide open. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? get,
0: get freaking 5,000 three-pointers up a day.
1: Yeah, so for me, I actually take it as a positive of, oh, the thing that Kyle Kuzma needs to work on with regards to his shooting is something that's very fixable and something that anybody can do on any given hour of the day.
0: Yeah, it's not broken.
1: <laughs> yeah, he just gets the reps up, and like we mentioned, he's been working on his shot and shooting form with Lethal Shooter. He changed it up so he has a higher release that's not blocking his face, I mean, if he can get that to work and he shows some consistency, couple of that with the fact that he improves maybe his shot selection, which I think hurt him last year as well with regards to his three-point percentage, and I think he can at least get up to that 35 36 37% range. And even just having that, because he's good at attacking the closeout when guys lunge out at him, because mm. he's so skilled at doing that, he has a great first step and he's been working on his explosivity this summer. I mean, that's only going to make him a much more lethal lethal shooter, lethal target for defenders who will be focused in on guarding Anthony Davis and LeBron James, but when they see one of those two guys pitch him the ball on the baseline, they'll they'll already be a step slow in recovering, and then Kyle Kuzma has them from there, whether he wants to take the shot or just drive it into the lane, right? Yeah, he he's not like,
0: I mean, who's a guy that, like, defenders would sag off of in the past on the Lakers? Obviously Lonzo's one of them. Um, even though Rondo's three-point shooting has improved a lot he's a guy back in the day you'd stand below the free throw line and just let him shoot despite Kuzma's numbers dropping last year like he's not going to be that type of he doesn't have that reputation you know like you said if he's wide open on the baseline you have to close out you got to respect him um and as you said because of he's he's been working on explosiveness attacking the defender off the dribble things like that um yeah either way like he's going to be a threat he's someone that the defense has to worry about
1: Yep, absolutely, Alan. The last thing that Kyle Kuzma has to work on is it's not his. not the offensive end. His <laughs> D F uh,
0: and um, S.
1: <laughs> so defensively, like I've been mentioning in all episode, the way that he plays offense is the way that he plays defense. If that makes sense, he's very uppity and very fluid, and he's got nimble bunny feet. That helps him on offense, right? But that's a deterrent on defense because he does not have a stable base to him. He doesn't chop his feet up very well. So. It's
0: like, guess what? You can't change directions when your feet are in the air, right?
1: Right. And he's, he's too slippery on defense. Slippery on offense is great because... He can slip those screens really well and finish as that off-ball finisher off the pick and roll. But on defense, his technique is lacking. Kyle Kuzma's ailments on defense are never due to a lack of effort and activity. It's more due to a lack of technique and discipline and maybe, you know, some upper-core, lower-core strengthening issues. I mean, he was, he was put in a bad situation last year, being forced to play up against centers, essentially, that were much heavier than him, that he couldn't really hold in place in the paint. I mean, that included power forwards who are much stronger than him. So hopefully he worked on his body this offseason, and we'll hear a little bit about his work with Gary Cabline and how they have trained to try and alleviate some of those concerns with, with defense. But I think he was he was put in a position to fail early on, and he was expending his energy trying to maintain position against these bigger, beefier dudes, and that kind of got him off to a slow start. Um, he did show some spurts here and there, particularly in the Spurs game when he was asked to guard DeMar DeRozan and Rudy Gay, who were both having really good games against us. And he was able to actually make life difficult for them. And they both shot a pretty horrid percentage in the fourth quarter of one of those games, despite being pretty hot the first three quarters. So Kyle Kuzma has shown us flashes of his ability to be able to stick with wings and use his length in a productive fashion, right? Because Kyle Kuzma is a 6'9 guy who's long and if he can just stick with his man and learn better technique, be more disciplined. I mean, that, that'll make a world of difference. So just your thoughts on Kyle Kuzma and what he has to improve on defensively.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't have actually a whole lot to add based on, I think you like really covered everything. It's just, you know, it's one of those things where if you were to give him like a st- like a multiple choice test or even like a test all about defense and maybe have short answer essay questions. I bet you he'd get an A on that exam, right? So he like has the knowledge and the know-how, but physically, and then in a game situation, can you actually apply that knowledge? So then the question is, well, how are you working on this exactly? Like who is working with you? Um, How consistent is your effort? And at the end of the day, like, what's the bottom line? Is this going to translate during a game? Or if you believe in muscle memory, like, is it such that these habits have been in you for so long that unfortunately it's probably not going to happen in real life? Um, So whoever he's working with on defense, whether it's, um, you know, Phil Handy type, whoever is one of our player development type specialists on the team they got to crack that code in terms of getting things to click when it's not practice. Um, Mm -hmm. And and if anything, yeah, a lot of it of course is, is physical. It's repetition, but I believe a lot of it is mentality as well. Like why would he resort to something that he knows is fundamentally wrong in a game? It's probably because it worked for him at some point in his career. Okay. Well, when was that? That was back when you're more of an amateur, right? Whether that's high school or college. So, if you were finding a lot of success at those times, it makes sense that you revert back to something that was successful for you. But we're in the big leagues now. That's not the case. Um, so I think that's really what it's going to take for him to to get to that next level.
1: Yep, for sure. I agree. Three-point shot and defense and more consistency is key for Kyle Kuzma. You know, despite the sophomore slump at the end of the day... Kyle Kuzma still fared pretty well analytically. You know, I think he has a very low bar to clear with some Lakers fans who, you know, Kyle Kuzma did regress, but so did guys like Jason Tatum and Donovan Mitchell. The sophomore slump is real. People catch up to you. Defenses catch up to your game. But in spite of all that, he still fared pretty well analytically with regards to advanced stats. Like I mentioned, Kyle Kuzma was LeBron's number one assist target. He was also third on the team this past year in player impact plus minus, LeBron James being number one. And surprisingly, ZooBots being number two, <laughs> so maybe that <laughs> makes that stat a little what's it called? Misleading. Yeah, so maybe that makes that stat a little misleading, but it's there for you anyways. Kuzma was also second in offensive player impact plus minus, so that kind of lines up with what we've seen since he is a bucket getter. Uh, He was third in offensive rating. That also lines up with what we saw. Out of the 98 players that classified as a power forward last season, he actually ranked 13th out of those 98 power forwards in offensive real plus minus. Uh, Overall real plus minus, he ranked 34 out of those same 98, so not bad at all. Um, Kuzma was second in wins added behind just LeBron James and that wins added stat it takes into account injuries and availability so those obviously play a large role but he was second in wins added right behind LeBron James. Lonzo Ball was third. He was fourth in offensive win shares, third in defensive win shares, if you can believe that or not. And defensive win shares, by the way, is an estimate of number of wins contributed by a player due to his defense. Same with the offensive win shares. And he's, he was fourth on the team in overall win shares with 3.1, followed by Josh Hart at 2.1 and Brannard Ingram at 2.0. Lastly, when it comes to his three-point shooting, we all know about how he only shot 30% from the field from three-point land. But when it comes to the actual volume of threes he hit throughout the season, he he came in second with most games with 5 plus threes last year, just behind KCP who hit 9. Kuzma was second with 5 games hitting 5 plus threes. When it comes to players who hit the most 4 plus threes per game, KCP's number one with 15 games of four threes or more. Kuzma's number two with 10 games of four plus threes or more three plus threes kcp number one at 25 lebron james at 19 and kuzma third with 18 so It's clear that the guy can shoot the ball. He just needs to be a little more consistent because he's shown us the volume. He's shown us that he can get hot really quickly and he can hit these threes in bunches. So even from the three-point shooting perspective, looking deeper into the numbers, it isn't as bad as I think some of the outside media or even some Lakers fans have made it out to be. So even when it comes to some advanced stats... Kyle Kuzma was kind of at the top there in spite of his sophomore slump. And if you look at the rotational stats, he was in a large number of very successful lineups for the Lakers. So there's a lot to be excited about and hopeful for with regards to Kyle Kuzma. It's all about how he responds to this new challenge, playing with you know, these superstars like LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and whether the expectations will get to him. Um, But he has a huge opportunity to really capitalize being the one member of the young core that was able to remain alongside Alex Caruso. So uh, with that said, we'll leave it right there. We'll pitch it to our sponsors first. And then when we return... Uh, it'll be my interview with Evo Sports founder Gary Kablian, and we talk about his unorthodox and unique training with Kyle Kuzma this offseason to get him up to speed. All right, so tonight we are pleased to have on with us Mr. Gary Kablian, founder and director of performance of Evo Sports Training, which specializes in speed, strength, and explosivity. Gary, how are you doing tonight? And did I say your last name correctly?
2: You did yeah you did uh thanks for having me and uh, it's always a pleasure
1: can i ask you because you know i'm filipino and so i have a a tendency when i see names like Cablayan to say it in an almost filipino twang but what what kind of last name is Cablayan? you should have because it's filipino last name
2: oh perfect (laughs) there you go are you are you mixed i am my dad's filipino and my mom's white so yeah i actually competed for the philippines uh 10 for for 10 years yeah
1: Oh, dude, that is so awesome! I'm so glad that I didn't even ask you that beforehand, and your people are just getting my live reaction to this. <laughs> yeah, hey, Bayan. that's awesome.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's great. I, I
1: I was thinking the same thing. I said, I wonder if he's a Filipino.
2: So because
1: <laughs> he's Hernandez and he looks kind of Asian, what could he be? <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly, right. And you love basketball, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> no Filipinos love to hoop, man, for sure. That is for sure. Hey, I
2: always well, went to the games down there when we were in uh, when I was staying in the Philippines for. You know, for meets and stuff, we'd always go to the games down there and, you know, have fun.
1: Yeah, the PBA and people uh, playing in the streets with their slippers on. and
2: <laughs> Yeah, PBA is huge over there. I tell everybody, like, biggest sport in, in the Philippines is basketball.
1: Andre Blatch is our hero right now or something. I don't
2: know. Yeah, right. <laughs>
1: Hey, with that said, thank you for hopping on tonight to talk a little Kyle Kuzma. You've notably worked with star wide receiver Deshaun Jackson, Fly Eagles Fly, because I am an Eagles fan. Some of my some of my relatives actually live in Philadelphia. But yeah, so Gary's worked with guys like Deshaun Jackson, worked with Olympians in track and field. And most notably and relevantly for Lakers fans, he's worked this offseason with forward Kyle Kuzma. So, before we get started, Gary, why don't you give us your elevator pitch of what Evo Sports Training is, what inspired you to start up this venture, and, yeah, if you want to just give any tidbits about your background, please go ahead and do so.
2: Yeah, sure. So, you know, my dad uh, was a coach when I was growing up. Um, I got into coaching pretty early because of him, so I was coaching while I was in college. Um and then was running track professionally. So I was still trying to coach people on the side. And um, once I got done with, uh, you know, running track, I decided, you know, I'm going to coaching and then start my own business and, and working at UPS. So those were three rough years of getting three <laughs> hours of sleep. But, but, you know, starting what I really wanted to do, which was, you know, making that bridge for athletes from college to professional. In track, mm-hmm. it's really rough because uh, we have a great college system where, you know, high school, college, and then after that, it's, it's uh, you know, there's not a lot of avenues to go f- to be a professional track athlete. Um, but the whole time, I was also coaching Deshaun since he was eight years old. So mm-hmm. I've already had, had him under my belt for a number of years, and he was going to Cal and, you know, eventually going into the nfl but uh so that's how kind of like evo started i had a couple professional track athletes coaching college coaching deshaun and then uh just kind of kept with that grind you know Mm -hmm. for years and years and years and just kind of doing that and like i said just being that bridge to help people reach their goals is the, is the big thing that i try to do
1: that's awesome so you know speaking of track and speed training When it comes to basketball, I mean, there's always some translatability, but it's not the first thing that pops in your head when you think about what should a basketball player be working on this offseason and who should he be, you know, training with. My first instinct is not, oh, let's go to track and field guy or like (laughs) someone who works on speed training. So my question to you is, how did this connection and partnership with Cal Kuzma come about? What was he looking for when he reached out to you and what was he looking to find and achieve going to you versus other alternatives? Yeah, I think for the
2: for the most part, I think uh, everybody's looking always for that little bit of an advantage. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, when, uh, you know, with Deshaun and he, he him, were talking and just about him getting out and getting a little bit more explosive and, you know, in the transition of his game and uh, the speed aspect and all that. Um, so that's where he kind of came out and kind of, you know, take a look and just kind of follow Deshaun and see what he was doing. But um, I think track athletes and track coaches more specifically have a, a, an innate ability to kind of coach the, the, the athlete. You know, mm-hmm. that, that's our, our key is in, in order to get good results, you have to coach the athlete and you find out their strengths, their weaknesses, and you coach them upon those aspects. And I think a lot of training that you get nowadays is all based off of what they see on YouTube or, you know, Instagram. Um,
1: sure.
2: So with working with Kyle, you kind of you kind of notice certain things about what his strengths and weaknesses are. So a lot of mobility work, um, a lot of lower leg strengthening stuff that we're uh, doing, and just more explosiveness in his, in the hip area. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that, as uh, far as track, you know, you know, most track athletes are super explosive in the hips and the sprinters, and so. Um, now are we going to train her exactly like a sprinter? No, but you know, there's some aspects that we will take from what a sprinter will do and put them into effect. And then, you know, also just making sure that, you know, he's stable enough on one leg and doing that type of stuff where, you know, legs or knees, ankles are all uh, stronger to be able to hold the force that he, you know, has to put down in order to make a lot of those, uh, You know, moves and everything else that he does on the court a lot easier and way more explosive in that area.
1: Sure. And um, if you could educate me a little bit more, but when it comes to what Kyle is doing, because it's kind of seems like he's trying to isolate one thing with, you know, working on the hips, working on his explosiveness. What is what you're doing with Kyle right now? How does that differ from, you know, typical strength and conditioning training that, you know, another NBA player would be doing this offseason or or does it not differ too much, but you're kind of more focused on your expertise? Yeah, you know, and
2: I think that's like I really don't have an idea what a lot of other basketball players do. Sure. Um I've trained basketball players in the in the past, um, but my more specialty of obviously has been track and, and football. Um, but it's also just, you know, making sure that um what we doing with him is specific to him. And, um, Mm -hmm. I think that, like you said, it's just being, um, taking his athleticism to a whole different level is really what we're trying to focus on and, uh, making sure that, uh, when he, he's out there on the court, uh, there's a difference, you know, and I think Mm -hmm. that he already, since we've been working, can already feel a big difference in just the explosiveness and the speed that he feels, you know, out there on the court already. So, um, and I think that's one of the things, you know, that he's trying to work on, of course, in his game and then in the, the transition part is being the first one down there and being able to get things going and um, and just being explosive, you know. And, and I think with the amount of reps that we do with a lot of explosiveness when you know, training the, the central nervous system with him and just more explosive, more explosiveness every time we come out there mm-hmm. and, and train, you um, be a little bit more conditioned also to be able to on the fourth quarter, still be able to be super fast and explosive also then also.
1: Hmm, that's an awesome tidbit. Yeah. I think conditioning is key. And, you know, when it comes to Kyle Kuzma from season one to season two, even then I saw a, a literal leap in how ex- more explosive he was from one season to the next. And when it comes to amplifying his athleticism, explosiveness and speed, I don't know if he maybe divulged this to you, but how much of that is him preparing for FIBA this August with Team USA and maybe wanting to make sure that he can go this full run into straight into the NBA season? How much of his prep with you and, and focusing in on this aspect of things, how much of that is him preparing for FIBA this August with Team USA and him wanting to really show out and make the team and how much of it is him wanting to also utilize that for the Lakers this upcoming season with a brand new team that, you know, may not be as up-tempo and fast-paced as they were with Lonzo Ball? Or at this point, is it just not mutually exclusive? It'll help him across the board. And it'll help him especially because he's going to be playing the most amount of basketball that he'll ever be playing.
2: Right. And you know what? For him, it's it's just being at a high level, I think that's mm-hmm. the main thing. He's a hard worker, and he always, you know, it wants to get better. That's the, the the good part about him that I've noticed is he's really focused on becoming the best he can. And it doesn't matter whether it's for FIBA or if it's for the Lakers. It's just improving him as mm-hmm. a person. Um, and that's one, I think, trait that most elite athletes have. You know, I, there's a lot of good athletes, but the elite always. Feel like they always got to do that extra work, and they're always trying to get better. And I don't think that you ever get to that point where you like, okay, I'm I'm good now. You know, he'll mentally never be like, oh, I'm, I'm good. You know, so he's mm-hmm. always trying to find ways in order to better himself. And uh, you could tell that that's just in his work ethic as far as his schedule is concerned. And you know, we we train pretty early in the morning, and you know, that way he'd get it in and get all of his other training in throughout the day also. Right. So. I think that's just the main thing is just getting better as a person. And if it helps team USA, if it helps the Lakers, you know, that's just a byproduct of him becoming a better athlete and a better basketball player.
1: Sure. That's awesome. In your opinion, what did you see in Kyle Kuzma at the start? And you may have mentioned this earlier that you thought he could improve and work on. And what have you seen from him lately in terms of that progress and how he's acclimated to certain drills that I'm sure are somewhat unique for a basketball player?
2: Right. So, you know, like we talked about a little bit of the foot strengthening, the hips, um, but also just in the, the mechanics of running and the, uh, the timing of when you run, there's a synchronization of how the muscles fire. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times uh, basketball players don't run correctly. So we've worked a lot on that. Um, and so it's just more economical when he runs also. So um, and it will be faster. Injuries will be less because the body's working on the way it should be working. So with, you know, with the foot strengthening, more hip mobility is huge that we've been working on. Um, so a lot of stuff, it's, it's either, you know, injury prevention or uh, accelerating uh, the game of uh, just explosiveness and speed. Uh, those are the main focuses that uh, we've been working on. And he's already, you know, noticing a difference. But, you know, it's always... It's always can get better and he's always a, a work in progress and but you know all around you watch him you know on the court and you notice like yeah, he's he's a great athlete and then he come out there with you know some of the like a Deshaun and some of the track athletes and yeah, you, know, you can see that there's a, a discrepancy it's like okay mm-hmm. he's got a lot of room for improvement in these things and I think he saw that and I think once we start putting those together Uh, he's going to be a changed man when he comes back. So, uh, but he's already making changes. He's already feeling good. And, you know, he's just going to keep on pushing and getting better.
1: No, that's, that's awesome to hear that he's always willing to learn and soak up more knowledge. And, you know, Accepting of the fact that, hey, you know, I thought I was good, but then I go to this spectrum of things or area of things and realize that I may still be behind the curve and I kind of want to catch up to what the base median level is in in this respect. So that's awesome to hear. And I think durability is going to be so key for him this season, especially because, like I mentioned, like this is the most basketball he's ever going to play. And, you know, the huge pressure that's going to be on him with this revamped Lakers squad with LeBron James and Anthony Davis and knowing that he has to play that role of being the safety valve for those two superstars, him just needing to be active, you know, on offense, off ball cutting and all that stuff that he was already so proficient at last year, but continuing to improve that. So his stamina lasts for 48 minutes or however long the Lakers need him to, you know, show that energy on the offensive end. With regards to defense, how do you think that'll help him on the other? I know you mentioned footwork and the hips a lot. And I think those are so important to establish good defensive stances in the NBA. And a lot of Kyle's problems last year was just him not being able to chop up his feet correctly and sort of being a little flat and lead footed. So do you think that your drills will help him in that respect? And do you think that went into his calculus this offseason with your training, you know, the defensive aspect of things?
2: Yeah, I'm sure it has. I mean, you know, he, as a, as a good athlete, you always know your strength and your weaknesses. So I think that's one of the aspects I think that he is reaching out in order to do some speed work. And cause we, in our speed work, we do a lot of plow metrics, a lot of, you know, you know, we just hurdle hops one legged type of uh, hops and stuff like that. So, um, he's going to be a lot more explosive and a little bit more active on the foot and being able to fire quicker. So all that combination put together and just a little bit more agile, you know, uh, he, as he is already, but just adding on to that, it's, it's going to make a huge difference on on both sides of the ball. So he's, uh, he's putting it together, working hard. And, uh, you know, once you put everything together, and all, mix it up, it's, it's, it's going to work well.
1: Can you explain to us, and I think you've already done a good job of explaining some of the drills, but for some of us who may not be too familiar with uh, some of the courses and, and specific drills that you put these guys through, can you mention one that may be sort of quirky and when we watch it on video, we're like, what is he doing here? <laughs> and, and if you could explain like, what the objective of that said workout is. I think I saw one clip of Kyle Kuzma flinging something really heavy into the air. and So uh, it was, a, I think it was a
2: 20-pound med ball. Uh And so what we're doing is just getting more explosive in the, in the hips and the legs and just being able to toss the ball really far. So it's like a a med ball toss, um, Mm -hmm. working on getting extension, you know, out of his legs and then just being super explosive. So, you know, all that will come into effect, you know, uh, when he's jumping and even in defense parts, uh, just being a little bit more explosive and being able to cover ground. So, um, A lot of times most sports are, you know, they think about quickness and they do ladders, but that you don't really get any type of separation. And a lot of the stuff that I work on is more about getting a lot of separation, but really fast. And that's Mm -hmm. really what creates that separation or vice versa, you you know, catches you up to somebody who's trying to get separation. And so that's what really what we've been working on. And that drill is just to work on being an explosive through the legs, all the way from the hip, knee, and uh, the ankle joint. So that's what we were working on in that, uh, that little clip.
1: <laughs> that's awesome. And I think it's so important for for a guy like Kyle Kuzma, who, one, he likes to play in the post sometimes, and he has shown a propensity to be pretty adept at posting guys up. So I think just establishing that strong base should help him out a lot. But also, Kyle Kuzma is the type of guy, and we're hoping that his three-point shot comes around to more of uh, his rookie season's three-point proficiency. And if it does, he's the type of guy that defenders like to lunge out on because they're scared of him shooting that shot. And I think Kyle Kuzma is a great attacking the closeout kind of guy with that first step. The first step is so important for him. Blowing by guys is so important for him. So I think what you're mentioning is is really encouraging to hear that he's like focusing on this aspect of things and trying to find ways to get even better at something that he was already kind of good at. You know, so him not settling for good enough, I think is is really encouraging for, for Lakers fans to hear. This is a more intangible question, but I guess, what have you gleaned from Kyle Kuzma as a person, you know, seeing him interact with Deshaun Jackson? We already know about his work ethic and how, what a sponge he is, but, and also just, you know, his out-of-the-box unique thinking and trying to find every angle to improve himself. But in your opinion, how, how has it been working and interacting with Kyle?
2: That's been great. Um... He's a young kid, just, of course, just had his birthday uh, yesterday and um, just turned 24. So, I mean, he's a young guy, but um, like you said, getting better, but also learning how to manage his uh, his work and his off time. You know, I think that's a key to any professional athlete and, you know, likes to read and all that. So uh, he needs that downtime between, you know, I got to focus on, you know, this this and this he's focusing on the speed is his power his mobility but then he's focusing on on his shooting and he's focusing on weight training and you know all this stuff that that, that comes together with being a, a professional athlete but then also learning that you know he also needs a time to wear for himself and learn to to shut it down where he kind of takes his mind off of that and able to do stuff on uh, on a low-key level and just be focused in on that and to be able to recharge and then go back at it the next day. I think that's one of the main things that uh, I think he's learning and uh, doing really good with. And I think that's one of the things that even veterans have a hard time with Mm -hmm. is just, you know, being in that grind and learning how to, to shut it off. And so uh, that's one of the things I think that uh, he's doing really well.
1: That's awesome. And I mean, I think it's important to do that, have that self-reflection time, especially because it seems like he packs his schedule like 25, eight with, you know, trying to improve himself, basketball, basketball, strength training, speed training, etc. So it's really good to hear that he's taking time out for himself as well. Um, oh, the other thing is you, you mentioned that he just turned 24, right? It's it's kind of cool that we're all all three of us are July babies. I don't know, I just want to throw that out there. Right. I, uh, my, my, my birthday was on July fifteenth. I think yours was shortly after that, right? Yeah, In July, 18th, yeah. July 18. There you go. So uh, yeah, that that's not really relevant to any. Oh, it's, it's, it's pretty relevant, but I just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> Kyle Kuzma, Gary Koblain, and Jonathan Hernandez are all July babies. So happy belated birthday to all of us. Um, <laughs> exactly. With that said, my last question to you is, you know, Kyle Kuzma this year, he was the one young guy out of the Lakers' former young core to remain on the Lakers. He's got a lot riding on this year as that last mainstay out of their young core. He's going to be a huge and pivotal cog and key in determining how high the Lakers ceiling is this year. Do you have any thoughts on, and this can be as general and vague as you want it to be. Do you have any thoughts on his fit with LeBron James and Anthony Davis this season, whether he can step into a complementary role as a third guy or maybe even a fourth guy who may not get as many touches or chances to dribble the ball or even just score the ball as he did the first two seasons when he was with a younger group of guys, just your general thoughts on his upcoming fit with, with the Lakers this season.
2: Yeah, I think uh, he's very, very optimistic and very, uh, you know, team player. So, um, you know, young guys come in, he knows his role, you know, he knows that he's, he hasn't been in the the league as long as LeBron and um and knows that you know he still has to prove himself and I think that's uh, gives him that little chip on his shoulder and that's why he was he's working so hard but also I think he knows that what he brings you know to the court and brings to the table um and I think that's why he's you know working hard and he wants to be able to be that guy that can you know be there and be the support system and be there to help them, you know, make those shots when, when the time comes. And, uh, but yeah, I think any great athlete uh, knows their role and, Mm -hmm. uh, and just focuses on what they have to do and and do it well, you know? So I think that with all that's with, even with having those powerhouse guys in there with the names and proving themselves over years, um, He's still going in knowing that he can play really good basketball and uh, can be mm-hmm. an asset to the team, and and know his role and get and get it done and, and win games.
1: Yeah, and I think that's not mutually exclusive with him also thinking that I want to improve myself. I want to become a multi-year all-star just like these guys, right? So he knows his role. He can be complimentary, but he's also not capping himself. So, I mean, I think that's great to hear. And I think just him reaching out to you and taking this unique angle and approach to some of his off-season training is is really encouraging and really exciting. So, I mean, sky's the limit for Kyle Kuzma. And Gary, thanks so much for hopping on. Before we close the show, if you wanna tell people where they can find you on Instagram, on Twitter, so they can cop some of these cool videos of they don't know what they're watching, but it's like, that That surely looks like it's gonna help Kyle Kuzma in some way. Right. Uh, if you wanna plug anything, please go ahead and do so.
2: Yeah, so uh, all my stuff, because of my unique Filipino last name, uh, there's only <laughs> one Gary Caballon out there in the world. Hey. So. Everything's under Gary Cabline, Instagram, uh, Twitter, uh, Facebook. Uh, My company's called Evo Sports Training. Um, Like I said, trained Deshaun Jackson for SNC was eight. Also have the fastest 40 at the Combine with uh, John Ross. Um, Have three Olympians that I've trained for, you know, uh, track and field. And, you know, hopefully – I'll have uh, a couple Olympians at the 2020 Olympics in, in Tokyo nice. with Kuzma, with the U.S., mm. and a couple track athletes, so.
1: That's awesome, man. And, you know, once again, nice to know that we have a fellow Kababayan on this podcast. I don't right. know what the phrase, I don't keep up with, like, you know, the Tagalog slang and what we say, you know, some countries have their own fighting phrase. Is it Laban? Laban pilipinas
2: <laughs> You know, since I have retired, I haven't been back to the Philippines since, uh, what was it, 2006, so it's been a while, and i I think I might be going back in November for the C Games. I have a couple of oh, nice. athletes, Filipino athletes uh, that I trained. So um, it'll be good to go back and uh, see if anything's changed, but probably not. So
1: <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Well, let's keep it at Laban Kababayan. And, right. Uh, <laughs> thanks for hopping on, man. It was a pleasure. And I'm sure a lot of Lakers fans are just uh, very appreciative of being able to soak up this information that you know we wouldn't otherwise have been able to you know get access to without your help. So thanks again for hopping on and hopefully and maybe we'll catch you again sometime.
2: Yeah, not a problem. Appreciate it and uh, hopefully we get uh, a lot better season and uh, Kyle Kuzma goes in there and just uh, really does some damage and the Lakers put it together and do really well this year. So that's the big goal.
1: Absolutely. And also, doesn't Kyle Kuzma look kind of Filipino? Okay, I'll just I'll just stop <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Thanks, Gary. All right, no problem. Appreciate it.